Hi everyone, welcome to, welcome to episode 30 of James Talks and this is Repentance Part 2, Turn and Return. So yes, yesterday we began our series on repentance. Um, this series, this is all about, um, this series on repentance was kind of inspired by another project I'm involved in called Syncreate. Um, S-Y-N Create. It's a, a collaborative creative community which is um, all about basically um, empowering and encouraging people to create work and um, because that's something I'm really passionate about and um, I love to do. So me and my friend Lisa DeLay have um, formed a Facebook community and um, we, what, we, what, we, what we've done is we've set out 12 things, one for every month of this year and for, for that month um, anyone is invited to create anything related to that theme so it can be anything it can be it can be a song a play uh, a video um, a podcast uh, a blog post an ebook a drawing anything literally anything related to that theme something which um, reflects something of them um, linked with that theme and this theme, this month's theme is repentance uh, rec- reclaiming repentance and um, so um Hence, I'm doing uh, this podcast series, um, and I'll be doing more of these series for each of the themes throughout the year. So, um, what I want to do after today is I want to encourage you to go out and to create stuff. Um, to, you know, if something speaks to you from this from this series, um, from what I've talked about on repentance, or anything else to do with repentance. If anything else, what, you know, whatever comes to you when when you think about repentance, or an experience of repentance, or anything. Uh, I just encourage you to go out and create that. And we have a Facebook group called Syncreate. I have my Facebook group called Writers Together. Uh, and you can share your work there. You can share it on social media with the hashtag Syncreate. And everyone can benefit from it. And that would be awesome. That's a really great thing to do. So um, I invite you to do, all to do that. Um, but let's just let's just finish off this series on repentance. Um, because... There's some really exciting things I want to talk about today, and I'm really excited to share this stuff. So let's dig in. This is part two, Turn and Return. Um, We mentioned yesterday the issue of sin, and we talked about when Jesus speaks to the woman caught in adultery and those wanting to cast stones. Now, let's just go back to that that situation, that, that, uh, that, that circumstance in the Bible, that story, and the final thing Jesus says to this woman in John 8 is to go and sin no more. Jesus is asking the woman to repent. He's asking her to change her life because repentance is more than just saying sorry. Repentance is about living a transformed life. It's about returning to the life that we were made for. So let's unpack this a bit. What does the word repentance actually mean and where does it come from? Well, in biblical Hebrew, the idea of repentance is represented by two verbs. Shuv, S-H-U-V, which means to return, and Nacham, which is N-A-C-H-A-M, which means to feel sorrow. In the New Testament, the word translated as repentance is the Greek word metanoia, which which means after, behind one's mind. And this is a compound word with the proposition meta, which means after or with. And the verb noio, to perceive, to think, the result of perceiving or observing. In this compound word, the preposition combines the two meanings of time and change, which may be denoted by after 
and different. So that the whole word means to think differently after. Metanoia is therefore primarily an afterthought, different from the former thought, a change of mind and a change of conduct. Change of mind and heart or change of consciousness. So, if you take that as a definition of repentance, what what repentance really means is, after we've committed a specific act, that we perceive our actions are wrong, we feel sorrow for our actions, we think differently, we change our mind, and return. Now, hold up here. Jesus is asking us to return. Yes, he is. Yeah. But not return to our sin. Because Jesus is asking us to return to our original identity, which is in him. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the issue of identity yesterday. Um, Jesus is calling us, when we repent, to return to the pattern set out for us. He's asking us to go back to how it was at the beginning. Jesus is ultimately asking us to return to who we really are. And that's not a sinner. If our fundamental identity is as a sinner, returning to our original identity would be returning to our sin. But that's not what Jesus is wanting for the woman caught in adultery, and it's not what he wants for us. Jesus is, called, Jesus is calling us and asking us to return to the life we were originally meant to live, because our fundamental identity is not as a sinner. It's a saint. It's a child of God, made in the image of God. If you take this idea of returning alongside the meaning of sin as the culpable disturbance of God's shalom, as we talked about yesterday, Repentance is when we go back to living within God's shalom for the world. It's to return to the harmony between all things that God originally intended. Which again, destroys this concept that our fundamental identity is sinners. When Jesus calls us to repent, he's asking us to return to our original identity, which isn't as a sinner, but as a saint. As an unconditionally loved, accepted child of God, living in tune with him and loving others as ourselves. Repentance is turning away from the wrong path and returning to the path we were created to live. And this isn't a one-off act. It's an ongoing daily process which we all engage with. And of course, ultimately, it's about relationship. God isn't a vengeful, terrifying, headmaster-type character who is just waiting to punish us. It's not, he's not this person holding us to some legalistic set of rules and regulations. God is interested in us returning to the life we were created to live. One in harmony with him and in the way he wants us to live. That's repentance. In what ways are you living outside the harmony God has for the world? If you look honestly at yourself, how are you living in ways which you know are damaging for yourself and others? I can think of a few things for myself, for sure. Bad habits, poor attitude... I've got regrets, I've made bad decisions, I've given in to fear, and I still do occasionally. And the thing is, somewhere deep down, we all know that the things that we do that are sinful aren't healthy, whether we label them as sin or not. I suspect we don't need scripture to tell us what we're doing is wrong a lot of the time. Something in our heart, in our gut, in our subconscious 
in how we were made convicts us or just feels uncomfortable. You know how when you do something or someone asks you to do something and you're not sure about it and you're a bit uncomfortable about doing it because you're not sure how ethical it is? That's something deep in your gut telling you that's not right. You're not even thinking about the Bible or that kind of thing then. You're just thinking, this doesn't feel right. And we've all had that. And sometimes we, we, do, we do it anyway and probably regret it. And other times we don't. And this conviction, yeah, we could call it the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it could be. But sometimes it's just how God designed us. Remember, God made us. So those, those feelings of like, this isn't right, that we get inside, they're still from God. Because God made us in the first place. And we know something inside of us knows that a certain behaviour, a certain decision or way of living just doesn't work and isn't right. The call of repentance is simple. It's God saying to us, you were made for so much more than this. There is a life that I'm calling you to which is better than anything you can imagine. You are worth too much to go on living like this. Come back with me and return to how you were created to live. I have a friend who had a lot of issues. Um, really bad issues with drugs and alcohol and things. And one of the things we said to him was, you're better than this. You just, you're, you're, you're better than this. You're capable of more than this. We know you are. Stop living this way. There's something better for you. And to the guy's credit, they completely turned it round. They, they got rid of all the stuff they were doing. They changed their life. And they found life. They found meaning and purpose in their life that they never would have discovered otherwise. They have completely transformed. They have, And they haven't gone... And, and they haven't... They've returned to how God originally made them to live. That's the key here. They've turned their life around. They've turned around and returned back to where they were meant to be. To who they were always created to be. They just didn't see it. Now, let's just go back to that passage in John 8. When Jesus goes to tell the woman and sin no more. So... Jesus tells the woman to go and sin no more. And that's the end of the story. She, she doesn't immediately repent, change her life and tell her story to everybody. She doesn't tell Jesus where to go and go back to her old life. We don't know what she does. It's just left open-ended. It's left unfinished, unresolved. Because it's not up to Jesus to change her life it's actually her decision. She has to make that decision herself. Jesus can call her to repentance. Jesus can say, I love you, you're accepted, you belong, you're forgiven. All of which is true. Jesus can call her to change her life, to return back to the life that God has for her. But the actual choice of whether to do that is hers. And it's the same for all of us. God calls us all to repentance. God called us all to live the life that he intended for us. To be the person that we were called to be. To, to find the meaning and purpose for our life that God has already designed us for. But the choice of whether we do that is, up, is ours. You decide whether you're going to live the life that you were made for. Nobody else. 
God desperately wants you to live the life that he made you for. God desperately wants you to live in tune with how he created you to be. He has this life of meaning and purpose for you, even you. All of us have something to offer. All of us have gifts and talents and experiences and knowledge, a unique blend which we, which the world wants to hear about, you know? And not all of us will be well-known. Not, not all of us will have loads of followers. Not all of us will be famous. Not all of us will be... Well, some of us, most of us will just be not remembered by many people. You know, we'll have family, friends, and, and people, those kind of people will remember us, but not many others. Let's be honest. That's the truth. But we can still have a life of meaning and purpose, and our life still matters. Because even if our life just has an impact on one other person, it's still worth it. And God loves all of us equally. We all have meaning, we all have a meaning and a purpose for our life that God has for us. And all of it is important, all of it is valid equally. Even if nobody ever knows about it, even if only a few people know about it, it's equally important to God. Because we're all equally, unconditionally, infinitely loved and accepted and valued by God. And he wants us to return to how he made us to live. And the choice of whether we do that is up to us. And it will be, and it will be a daily choice we have to make and it will involve sacrifice. And we won't always get it right and it won't always be easy. But ultimately, we'll be better and, and probably other people's lives will be better as a result because they'll be seeing the benefits of us becoming who we were made to be. Jesus has called us to return to the grace-filled life of meaning and purpose we were uniquely made for, to leave the mistakes of the past behind and return to our true self. That's repentance. The question is, what are you and I going to do about it?